What's going on, podcasting world? Welcome back to another episode of the Core Consult RX podcast. I'm Mike Corvino. With me, as always, Cole Swanson. And today we have three special guests phoning in all the way from Johns Hopkins Medical School. Um, we have Ali, Lucy, and Neha. How's it going, ladies? Great. great. Hi, good. Thank you all for taking the time to be on the show. I know you guys are obviously extremely busy with everything going on, um, but I wanted to take the time to talk to you all about your COVID-19 update uh, page that you have on Instagram, because I thought that was really awesome. And uh, just kind of wanted to touch base with you all and see how we can support you and all that. So how did that kind of get started? Yeah, I can talk a little bit about that. Um, So first off, thanks so much for having us. We're super excited to be on here. Um, so this all started in the middle of March when we were on our two-week spring break um, during our third year, um, and I was on a trip to Canada just having fun, um, and COVID really hasn't started then yet, but then the second week, I got back home um, from Canada to Boston and then got an email on my phone saying that Johns Hopkins has canceled all clinical rotations for medical students mm. for the next like indefinite period of time at that point, it was like two months or something. Um, and for the next like five days, I was very like angry, sad, confused. Cause I came back from spring break, super excited to finish off my third year. Um, I had, I was starting off my pediatric, uh, core clerkship, super excited to talk to patients again after break. Um, so when they announced that I was like super devastated, Um, I picked up my phone call on March 17th on midnight, called both Ali and Neha up um, and was like, we need to do something. I'm going insane um, in my house. Um, And so we were thinking and after 30 minutes, we came up with this idea. Um, We're all very much into news um, and love news updates, but realized that there was like a lot of like overwhelming news every single day about COVID and a lot of daily rapid updates that were really hard to keep up with, especially after like that one week of being at home and trying to figure out what to do. And so with, after feeling overwhelmed at the sheer volume, we realized that there, uh, that we wanted a daily update of some sort about the news so that it was easy for us to kind of keep up with the news and for other people in the world to keep up with the news. And so after this hour of FaceTime, we agreed on creating daily updates um, through infographics on Instagram um, and we focused on both news updates in the U.S. and we realized that there was a lack of news updates uh, in like worldwide. And so we focused on both U.S. updates, but also global updates as well. Um, and so the next day we woke up and we were super excited. We bought this infographic website. Um, Neha spent the whole day scouring the news, U.S. global news. Ali and I spent the whole day trying to figure out like making a template for our infographics every single app for like that night onwards and then we spent from like 7 a.m until 9 p.m and then we spit out our first infographics um and got pretty positive reviews and then after that we were like we need more people um and then that's kind of how we all got started that is awesome that's great especially uh i like you know the whole 7 a.m to 9 p.m learning session that's awesome anything more than 12 (laughs) hours is definitely up mike's alley means you're dedicated i love it (laughs) It was tough. <laughs> so do do either or any of y'all have like experience doing any kind of like social media stuff like that or social media education or anything? Or just kind Not of first really, time? Which is, 
Yeah, this is our first time, which is kind of interesting because I think all of us have only used social media from our, a personal perspective of, you know, engaging with friends and keeping updated with um, people from all aspects of our lives, but kind of seeing it through a different realm of professional and education and reaching a wider audience has been really awesome because we haven't done that before. Yeah. And as opposed to sending out, you know, an email chain update, what prompted y'all to to Instagram probably would be able to get a, get a larger outreach, right? Yeah, I think that was part of it. And then we also knew that during the time when the crisis was escalating, there was a lot of misinformation being circulated on social media. So we thought that would be a good platform to try to kind of confront rumors or like myths um, with this uh, account. Yeah, great. And speaking of that, so where where do your you mentioned scouring various news uh, resources and whatnot? Where do you get your sources from? I guess Johns Hopkins is like the epicenter of information, especially in the U.S. Right? So do you have access to like Johns Hopkins database that others don't have access to, or where, where were you getting most of your stuff for your infographics? Actually, uh, Johns Hopkins has a really big coronavirus um, center or website. Um, it's actually all open to the public, so right. we don't have special access to anything, but that's been a really great source for us. Um, we also uh, will go and look at peer-reviewed journals like from Nature or from JAMA. Um, and then our main news comes from like the main news outlets, um, like New York Times or BBC. And we always cross-check our outlets or our stories to make sure that, you know, the stories are real, they're, they're fact, they're fact-based. And um, we have like a layer of, um, vet it like a vetting process to make sure that we're not presenting like bias information right yeah awesome have you guys had any one reach out that is you know there's, there's people out there with absurd theories as far as you know, this is big pharma trying to push their corona vaccine and uh you know this is we, we started the the virus to push big pharma any of those types of things have they reached out to y'all or said anything over social media Actually, our audience has been pretty uh, tame, I would say, which may speak to a lot of the, you know, medical minded people that have come across our account. Um, We haven't gotten too many like rumors or direct, um, you know, provocative questions. But a lot of the questions that we do get are more just clarifying and wondering, you know, what evidence is behind whatever we're presenting, which we're happy to confirm for them. Yeah, right. that's awesome. We we really haven't gotten too much because we don't we've we've done two episodes on COVID nineteen, and um, we, I think we've I've maybe gotten one or two messages on people saying that we should be presenting the truth about going on like, like, okay, we're not, we're not a conspiracy theory podcast. So, uh, right. that we could do yeah. one of those, which I don't think it would do very well. That'd be fun. <laughs> but, um, we, actually did, um, we did write a, a blog post that's posted through the Hopkins site. And on that page, there were a lot of very interesting questions that came up that actually did, um, have some kind of conspiracy theory things related to them. Um, but, since it was directly on the Hopkins page, we are not authorized to reply to those, but it was, I think it just spoke to the fact that um, anything kind of related to COVID, like just meant like that, that blog was about our origin story. Like anything related to that people will respond to in some way because it's just, you know, overtaken every aspect of life right now. Yeah. So did the school say anything as far as you guys starting this, or did you have to get the permission or anything or how did that work? 
Yeah. So when we first started this, we kind of went on a whim. And so we didn't want to get the school involved. Um, we just wanted to make sure that we were able to even like produce something ourselves. Um, and so when we started off, we like told our classmates, but we didn't blast it over the school email so that any of the administrations could see it. Um, and then we started growing. Um, we slightly reached out to some of the people at Hopkins and then didn't really get that much traction there, like when we were starting off. Um, and then later on, like, um, there were some opportunities to take online elective classes at Hopkins um, related, so to our, COVID. related to COVID. Um, and some of, so some of our students were able to go take that class and kind of show over our infographics to one of the faculty members who were leading it. And that faculty member happened to also work at Hopkins because he was teaching that course. And so that was kind of our introduction to Hopkins. Um, and then that faculty member was able to take it to um, like our deans and other people at Hopkins. And we got a lot of good feedback. There's been some chains back and forth about how we can, they can help us and support us. Um, and I think this was also after, like they helped us get the blog post out on Hopkins website. Um, and that got, uh, that was able to get posted on some of the Hopkins networks on like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, and so I think like after, a, it, like a month of our Instagram, we were able to get some of Hopkins support and it has been um, pretty, pretty nice and helpful. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. The, uh, how do you feel as far as, you know, did you, are you guys kind of like one of the first group out of your class to do anything like this with social media, like education in general, not just necessarily COVID-19, but I know that you said this is kind of a new territory for y'all, but is, does Johns Hopkins do anything like, Instagram education or any other social media type education like that regularly? Or are you guys kind of like pioneers in this space for the whole university? Well, so def I don't think we are the first of the social medias. Um, I, I actually think like osmosis um, was founded by Hopkins students. I don't know if you know the osmosis, but osmosis is like the yeah, social media. Yeah, they're but they were actually founded by Hopkins students a while back. Um, and then also so clinical I, problem solvers, yeah. um, uh, Hopkins attending physician is, was also involved in that. So we're kind of, we've known about certain social media um, avenues for education, but I think like uh, in our class, in our kind of cohort of people, we haven't come across anyone who's really uh, delved into it. And so it's been interesting to kind of delve into that whole new world of social media and how to portray yourself and get a larger audience with that. So one of the things that I know our listeners are probably sick of me hearing, and I definitely know my students that I like mentor and things are sick of me hear hearing me say is that I, I kind of feel like in this day and age, you know, as far as like building your CV and things like that, you know, everybody kind of does the same sort of things that, you know, they volunteer, they do different things at different clinics, they deal with projects, research, whatever it is. Uh, and I feel like there's a huge like area for students to start utilizing social media education to kind of like be innovative and come up with new ways to not only network, but also educate, you know, up and coming students or undergrad students or whatever the case may be that I feel like a lot of them don't take advantage of that. Um, are you, now that you've kind of gotten some traction, I mean, you guys have what, three or 4,000 followers in a month. Um, that's, which is We're almost at 6,000. Are you nice. that? Jeez. Don't short them, Mike. Uh, sorry. No, I mean, that's crazy. I'm jealous. <laughs> it took me forever to get 6,000 followers. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was there. So, you know, I mean, do you feel like this is now that you've kind of seen this process and seen the kind of attention you can get from 
the you know medical professionals in general, do you feel like this is something that more people need to start taking a look at? Yeah, I think it's something we definitely like talked about, um, you know, not just specifically for COVID related things, but other potential um, like infographics related to medical education would be something to um, try to try out. But um, I think it will depend on like our schedule and things like that. But I think um, we're going to I think it's definitely something that I at least I um, want to com- try to continue to grow in the future. Um, I'm specifically interested in pediatrics, um, and I think it's like a great way to try to teach about certain clinical topics related to pediatrics um, um, or certain um, like mechanisms. Um, I think one of the one of our best some of our best posts are like detailing the, the scientific mechanisms of things, and I think like you know in my clinical year like I've forgotten a lot of those. Um, um, so I think that's definitely something that um, would be interesting to delve into um, in the future. But um, I'm not sure if that answers your question completely. No, that's great. I was just curious your thoughts. There was no, you know, definitely no right answer or anything. But um, and I noticed, too, you guys have been doing Spanish uh, versions of all your posts, too, which is awesome. Um, that's something I saw that and I was like, man, I need to <laughs> find some more slacking. friends that speak Spanish and <laughs> really step up my game. But I thought that was great. Cause that broadens up the, you know, audience huge. So, um, how many, like, I guess hours do you spend a day working on this kind of stuff right now? Cause it's gotta be a lot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you can't tell, we were already very close friends before all of this, um, and so I think that's helped kind of propel it forward, but we probably spend like a lot of hours at least talking about it. And it's been great to get other students involved at Hopkins who can, you know, carry the momentum and be able to kind of introduce their own voices and perspectives to certain topics that come up. But in the beginning, we definitely spent, you know, at least four hours per day. Yeah. Um, which is great because <laughs> in this void of clinical rotations, we haven't had a lot of you know, outlets for all of our extra time. So right. as far as deciding like what to post, did, did you take questions and people sent recommendations or were you seeing information on other forms of social media and you were like, mm, that's not right. We need to, you know, we should make a post about that because there's a lot of misinformation. How, how'd you decide what you should post? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. We definitely have like uh, um, what's nice about social media is you can interact with your followers. So we definitely um, have gotten questions that uh, we try to answer um, in comments as well. Um, and then I think what we decide to post really kind of depends on what is like in the forefront of the news and what kind of um, misinformation can be spinned off of that. So like recently um, there was a lot of news about uh, Kawasaki disease um, complication in um, children so uh, there's a lot going around about that and what exactly is Kawasaki, like how is this presenting differently? Um, so we made a post about that and I think some of the comments and um, messages we got were that it really like cleared up um, some of the information that presented in the news. Yeah. We also try to be kind of diligent on like whenever, so at night we have all the news updates, but in the morning are all kind of like the, the miscellaneous um, science topics or economic topics or other news topics. Um, we're pretty, we try to be diligent on trying to post topics that are like Neha said, like front, like on the front 
page of everything. So like two days ago, uh, the Moderna vaccine came out. And so like that night we were like, we need to put something out about the mRNA vaccine. Um, and so we like, whenever we have a bunch of topics that are laid out for the next week, but whenever we, there's like a, like a breaking news, uh, right? Yeah. Breaking news. We're just like, okay, we need to get that out by tomorrow. It's also um, interesting because a lot of the news stories that are featured will reference certain literature studies or scientific studies, but it's not really delved into specifically for a layperson what these studies entail or go into. So a lot of times we kind of cross-reference and look at the actual, you know, medical literature that the news story is referencing so that we can kind of break it down for our audiences that may not have that scientific background. Right. So is that your primary audience? So you decided to gear this more towards the lay public and people to get general information as opposed to like scientific stuff or treatment, you know, things that you would try to give to a provider? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we've tried to make everything understandable for someone with, you know, a high school education who doesn't have as much, you know, scientific focus in the rest of their education. But of course, it can be hard to relay all these complex topics. Um, so we do our best. Yeah. Yeah, you start getting into like relative risk reduction versus absolute risk reduction. It gets a little, uh, a little, crazy, <laughs> a little crazy when you're trying to talk to people who have never been in the medical world at all. Absolutely. So, um, what's kind of what do you what are y'all's thoughts about how things are progressing? I mean, I don't know how it is where y'all are, but I know for us, stuff's starting to open up. The quarantine's like really, I mean, lifting. You know, restaurants, I got my hair cut finally. Um, and, you know, things are kind of underway. And I know like at our testing center anyway, because we're doing like mobile COVID-19 testing in my clinic. And uh, we've started to see, we tested like 370 patients, um, I think Thursday, last Thursday. And then today, um, well, today we got closed down because of a tornado. But the day before that, we were like 150, 200. So we were starting to see a decline, even people getting tests. How do y'all feel like everything's kind of progressing? Think it's going to be another surge again once everything opens up? Or what's y'all's thoughts? And again, I'm just trying to get y'all's thoughts. Not like, not, trying, not trying to put you on the spot at all. Well, I think it's interesting in um, putting out these um, graphics uh We've been keeping up to date with some of the trends by state and then, you know, what the recommendations are for reopening. So um, it seems like, you know, most states are reopening too soon. Uh, and given the how their cases looked and then just the capacity of spread or testing um, everywhere. So, I mean, I don't think it's impossible that there would be another um, surge in cases if, you know, precautions are not taken properly and social distancing isn't continued. So I think, you know, it's, it's not something that like, I'm happy like to say, like, I think, you know, we'll have like another surge, but I feel like it's a real possibility. Yeah. So as far as y'all's fourth year and, you know, going forward, have you gotten a, an idea? Are you, is you going to go forward as usual? Or are they still holding off on your rotations or how does that work? Yeah, so we just got an email um, a couple of days ago uh, that some students are, we're doing like a starting to roll back, I mean, roll in students um, in chunks. So some students are starting next week um, and then uh, everyone else is starting on July 6th with clinical rotations. And so that that just means that we'll just get a little bit more busy, but as things move forward um, and we get busier, I 
and COVID starts to kind of die down in the news a little bit, I still think that like, even if stuff like gets reopened and like the virus kind of goes not in the forefront as much as now, um, there's still going to be a lot of COVID news out there. And so as people start getting busy, things start reopening up. Um, people will get even busier to start reading the news and staying updated every single day. And I think it will still be important for us as an Instagram account um, with the followers that we have now to keep them continue to be updated every single day. Um, and we have a plan for that going forward. Um, we've had a couple, like multiple students, many, many students who are interested in our group right now, um, who are helping us that are a lot of first and second years who are about to go on their summer break instead of going into rotation. So they have a little bit more time to help us. Um, but we, we, we are anticipating that it's going to get a little bit uh, busier for us, but we're trying to figure out some backup plans and, but make sure that we continue to get the news out every single day. Yeah. Four to six hours a day, uh, while in rotation, I'm sure not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> not good. <laughs> Be a lot of, a lot of 10 to twos, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you it's know, it's also been interesting because as a medical student during this time, when clinical rotations are paused, we're kind of in the middle of being useful and not being useful at all because, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, they're telling us that it's not safe for us to be in the hospital, but we've spent the last few years trying to learn to be able to contribute to patient care. Um, so I think it'll be interesting as they phase in the student involvement going forward, being able to, you know, be able to contribute in the hospital setting again and kind of contrast that with being on the sideline. Right. How, how uh, do you all feel as far as kind of getting back into the swing of things? I mean, are you anticipating being utilized in the hospital setting for patients that could at least suspected COVID in that patients or is that kind of a little bit nerve wracking? Are you excited to get in there? How do you feel? I'm very excited to get back in the hospital. I've been like, uh, like fidgeting at home trying to get back into the hospital. Um, I think that Hopkins is trying their best to not let us uh, interact with a lot of the suspected COVID patients. But of course, like it's very hard to be in the same hospital with patients who are uh, suspected or have COVID. So I think um, it'll be very fun to go back in the hospital, um, but obviously like kind of scared uh, or kind of just nervous to uh, be in that type of environment since we haven't like interacted with these, uh, with patients in a while. Um, but I think Hopkins is trying their best to make sure that we, we don't get exposed as much as possible or that we have the proper protective equipment right. if we do. Oh. Right. Hopefully you'll don't have a preceptor like me who puts you in PPE and <laughs> it kind of bring, brings you with me to testing sites. At and, least you put them in PPE. Yeah. You I, know, I, <laughs> I was good. I was I was joking with uh, the two, for those of you listening. I have two of my PharmD students are sitting behind us listening, but um, I was joking with them uh, because after the first day of testing, I was like, you know, I probably should email the school and make sure this is cool. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really ask anybody. Uh, you're more of a ask forgiveness than permission yeah, guy, that right? That's true. Yeah, but, it's uh, been weird to see like masks and N95s just in the lay person's vocabulary and to see surgical masks used outside the OR is yeah. pretty surreal. Um, when we've, you know, been on our surgery rotations and only kind of seen it through that lens. So yeah, yeah. being back in the hospital will be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Any of y'all have like critical care rotations or any kind of ICU rotations coming up where you might see the worst of the worst kind of thing? 
Not yet. Good. It's probably best. <laughs> I'm sure you're not super excited to have to innovate someone new uh, with COVID-19. No. So what's kind of the plan going forward? As this stuff, you know, does hopefully inevitably start to slow down and that kind of comes out of the news. I know, let's um, see, you were saying you're planning on at least keeping up with it and keeping, uh, keeping the site going. But do you guys have any ideas as far as where you want to take this even outside of COVID-19? Are you going to continue to do um, social media education and yeah. Would you consider like merging the page into some other topic or something more general, you know, come I don't know, next year or later this year when COVID's less in the news, maybe. Yeah. I think, um, kind of before when we started this, one of our inspirations was the up to date, uh, page and the, the founder unfortunately passed away from COVID complications, but we kind of wanted to be able to, uh, use our our education and our time at this point to provide an up-to-date resource for people who may not have time to filter out everything in the news, um, just like he provided on that medical site. And so I think going forward as we have less time, but also like the general public has less time to delve into everything happening, it'd be great to kind of uh, broaden our focus and be able to provide up-to-date news that may be scientific but not related to COVID as right. hopefully uh, we can, you know, pass the the urgency of the COVID times. Yeah, and who would be better equipped than uh, some medical students from Johns Hopkins? There you go. To give out the information. <laughs> so uh, what's the teaser for the, the next post? Do you all have a plan? You're working on it after this? Or uh, what's the plan for the next thing? <laughs> We're going to go ahead. I was going to say our, our post tomorrow is actually um, related to Asian American Heritage Month um, and just discussing the like, rise in xenophobia and discrimination that has occurred during this pandemic. Um, and then um, our posts that kind of come, we usually try to have them like a week planned in advance, but it can change day by day. So um, after that, we probably del- delve into more like um, some of the treatments, different treatments for our being experimented for COVID and then also how COVID spreads, um, the different mechanisms for that. Um, and then maybe we have some collaborations with some other Instagram accounts also in works right now. Great. Wow. A week in advance is how that, can you believe, could you imagine planning your posts a week in advance? I can't. <laughs> or even the podcast topic a week in advance. Yeah. In fact, I just sent, uh, I just sent Cole the podcast we're going to record after this one. I literally just sent him, it's a real patient case that I had yeah. on Friday. I literally just sent him all the labs and everything, maybe what, two hours ago? Maybe. I was like, <laughs> no, no practice. We're going to yeah. just jump in there. No practice on game day, right? Um, oh, and just so y'all know, you're actually exactly at 6,000 6, as of now. Dot. We just saw it. Oh, great. <laughs> nice. <laughs> While you're on the air. I love it. <laughs> so, no, that's that's great. Six, I mean, 6,000. You, this page started, what, two months ago? Three months at the most? Two months. Two yeah. months. We celebrated our two months two days ago. That's wow. awesome. So, I'm going to feel real bad about myself when you guys, like, fly past me. Oh, they'll be past this by the end of the year. Yeah, the end of the year, I'll be done. I'll have to quit. I'll have to find a new hobby. <laughs> No, that's awesome, awesome, y'all. That's really, really impressive, especially with everything going on. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of keeping up and watching you know, y'all progress and keep posting great information. Um, so where can people find you? So what's the Instagram handle and all that fun stuff? So our Instagram, you can find us on our Instagram handle, um, at COVID up to date. The two is 
the number two and not TWO. Um, and you can use that same handle for both Twitter and Facebook, but our main page is on Instagram. Do you guys have a page like email or anything that's associated with it? Yes, it's the same COVID up to numerical two date at gmail.com. And so if anyone has any ideas or suggestions or wants clarification, we're pretty open source and all of our stuff is uh, available on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, but we're also happy to answer questions or take suggestions for any posts or ideas people have as well. Nice. Man, that's awesome. Um, and we'll put your handle and uh, email and everything in the show notes as well, because this will probably be out as of tonight. So we'll, we'll get that out there. And um, what can we do to support y'all other than getting anything else as far as besides getting the name out there and letting everybody know where you're at? Yeah, this has been wonderful. I think um, your support is great. And if you have any ideas or posts or questions that have come your way regarding COVID, we're happy to, you know, take a look at those and be able to provide infographics to educate the public. But everything that you're doing is also amazing. So we're really grateful. Thank you. So, and I'm, I'm hoping I get to see the, the Johns Hopkins students podcast starting eventually that I can start <laughs> listening to. <laughs> Well, Allie really wants to make a podcast. Oh, there you go. I, I want to make a documentary. I don't uh, I don't know look. if that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think with political rotation starting up, I missed my window. But mm. <laughs> what kind of documentary you want to do, Allie? I'm unsure, but if you have an idea, we can make something happen. <laughs> how, how about what uh fourth fourth year of medical school looks like? So so people can appreciate what what y'all yeah. have to go through. I'm sure you can get Netflix to sponsor it, have all the income you need, and you'll be good to go. Even, well, sure. <laughs> even if you don't get Done. Netflix to sponsor it. <laughs> no, I mean I think I mean honestly that's I feel like especially if you have multiple episodes worth and and kind of document your process through the end of medical school and even like starting residency and all that. I, I think, I mean, that would be the easiest way I think to actually be able to have time to produce it since you're living it. And I know I would watch that for sure. I mean, I'd, I'd love seeing stuff like that, especially when I see um, students or whoever other healthcare professionals doing like more innovative things and getting more people interested in medicine in general. Um, I'm always a huge fan of that. So especially if you have a desire to do some kind of a documentary thing, um, you can, go kind of, I mean, iPhone cameras now are perfectly acceptable as far as recording. So you, uh, you get, you get easily just document your process and journey through the, through school. That'd be great. Just my two cents. <laughs> great idea. But, um, yeah, thank you all so much for taking the time to do this. Um, and, uh, we will definitely keep in touch and we'll, we'll post, uh, y'all's Instagram handles and everything, like I said, in the show notes so people can contact you. But um, any other closing thoughts or anything before we get out of here? No, we're just really grateful. I think that it's great to see everyone's kind of skills come together during this time because it's it won't happen ever again, hopefully, in our lifetime. Um, and it's so unique. And being able to see everyone come together in, in their unique ways has been really rewarding. So we're happy to be able to connect with awesome people like you. Appreciate it. No, thank you all for being here. So, and thank you guys for listening. Um, if you do have any questions, obviously their contact information will be in the show notes. Uh, make sure you reach out to them. If you have questions for Cole and I, uh, make sure you email us. You can reach us on any social media platform. Um, you know, if, if you like the podcast and you want to help us out, make sure you subscribe. Um, we can 
text us directly if you want. Um, the phone number is area code 415-943-6116. And we just greatly appreciate y'all taking the time to listen. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.